0: I don't wanna set the world on fire. I just wanna start
1: a flame
2: in your
1: heart. All right, welcome everyone to the Tory says show. So that's like my new little little trailer. I've been um trying to get it to work the way I want, and it's just not doing it. I've been working on a lot of things, like emptying uh, my hard drive storage this morning. It is like, I can't believe I went through 100 gigs of data in like a month. That's pretty cray-cray. So today we have a lot to talk about. The most recent thing uh, that's happening uh, is social media. But I wanted to also say, so quite frankly, Frank. Um, he had a baby and we all know this and it's a girl, so he's kind of cooing and going nuts. But what was insane is, you know, I've, I, I told you what YouTube did to me, uh, in regards to my channel being completely demonetized supposedly for hate speech. Um, I don't know how it's hate speech. Um, because it was against the military industrial complex and uh, didn't know that an entity like that has feelings. So it was uh, pretty bizarre, okay, to say the least. Uh, And my channel was completely, you know, thrown off. Uh, They say I can reapply on the 27th, but I know that a lot of people that have reapplied are told, yeah, you just got to wait. Uh well he was actually he's not allowed to like upload videos he's not allowed to do anything until December 13th which is really bizarre too so he's been removed from the uh platform of YouTube uh which is interesting uh to say the least and um what i'm finding uh, is that, uh, the social media giants and uh, tech giants in general have uh, now run out of corners to paint themselves in. And I say this because today, uh, the Justice Department actually put forward, uh, the proposed section for, uh, uh, the proposed legislation for section 230. And so this was just released, uh, today. And on behalf of the Trump administration, the Department of Justice sent a draft legislation to Congress to reform. Oh great, it went to this Congress to reform Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Now, in this one, they're prom- they're um, making it clear that the proposal, uh, when interactive computer services willfully will willfully distribute illegal material or moderate content in bad faith, section two thirty, should not shield them from the consequences and their actions. So, illegal materials is like the child pornography that we see uh, on Twitter a lot. Uh, that was really weird because there are videos in. Im- Embedded into Twitter uh, that have child pornography or children that are under the age of 12 posing suggestively. Um, I wrote an article about that. I have to see if it's been, if I can resurrect it correctly. Um, so that's done uh, constantly. There's other things like drugs uh, and um, coordinating uh, terrorist attacks, domestic and uh, foreign, right? Foreign and domestic. And um, So, so that's one. On the other hand, it's moderating content in bad faith. So if they don't like what you have to say in regards to your free speech, they moderate it. Kind of like the military industrial complex. Why would a documentary about generals be considered hate speech? See, that's a question someone should ask themselves. Why would it be considered hate speech? So this one is uh, this uh, reform that they're putting is to moderate to to fix these things, but also give people avenues to sue. So. Uh, One, it's to promote transparency and open discourse. So it has a way of promoting transparency on platforms so they're fair with the public when removing lawful speech from their services and that there has to be open discourse to ensure that they will lawful speech. If you're removing it, you need to say, you're not allowed to say things that the left doesn't like, or you can't talk about the military industrial complex. Or you're not allowed to talk about Nancy Pelosi. That's lawful speech. You can say it. But if they make it clear and they're transparent, we don't want you talking about Nancy Pelosi. Or we don't want you talking about Obama. Or you can't talk about Iran or Pakistan. Remember all those Twitter, uh, tw- all these tweets that were being sued by Pakistan? Remember Michelle Malkin saying, why are they telling me that in Pakistan I'm wanted for a crime? Pakistan, Pakistan. So anyway. So so that's it. Uh, So that's the one section. And it says the current interpretations of Section 230 have enabled online platforms to hide behind the immunity to censor lawful speech and bad faith and is inconsistent with their own terms of service. To remedy this, the department's legislative proposal revises and clarifies the existing language of Section 230 and replaces vague terms that may be used to shield arbitrary content moderation decisions with more concrete language that gives greater guidance to platform users and courts. The proposal also adds language to the definition of information content provider to clarify when platforms should be responsible for speech, they affirmatively and substantially contribute to or modify. So if they put, uh, you know, tags on it like, oh, this is false information, you know, you are responsible uh, for those judgments and you have to prove that it's false information. Uh, Second, it's addressing illicit activity online. So uh, that's the two things that this uh, reform is doing. So the second category of, um, of amendments is aimed at incentivizing platforms to address the growing amount of illicit content online while preserving the core of Section 230's immunity for defamation claims. Section 230 immunity is meant to incentivize and protect online good Samaritans. Platforms that purposely solicit and facilitate harmful criminal activity, in effect, online bad Samaritan, should not receive the benefit of this immunity. Nor should a platform receive blanket immunity for continuing to host known criminal content on its services despite repeated pleas from victims to take action. Well, listen to this. The department also proposes to more clearly carve out federal civil enforcement actions from Section 230. Although federal criminal prosecutions have always been outside of the scope of Section 230 immunity, online crime is serious and a growing problem, and there is no justification for blocking the federal government from civil enforcement on behalf of American citizens. Finally, the department proposes carving out certain categories for civil claims that are far outside Section 230's core objective, including offenses involving child sexual abuse, terrorism, and cyber stalking. These amendments, working together, will be critical first steps in in enabling victims to seek redress for the most serious online crimes. Seems like Tiny Prancer, you know, that letter that I sent off uh, to the Justice Department is making waves. Because, see, when people come at you and they dogpile on you or they promote or use uh, crimes against you as ways of harassing you, that's actually a crime. So here's the thing. Twitter will have to decide. Do we leave accounts like that online or do we kick them off? Because apparently people can now sue us if we let them be there. So that is a big deal, a very big deal. The transparency part is a very big deal. Even though the EO was written that if you're killing someone's income and you shut them down that they can come at you for it. Uh, you know, that is a, that is a big deal in itself. Coupled with section 230, this will be, um, a very big problem for stalkers, people that make money off of gang stalking. So it's, uh, pretty interesting that this came out now prior to the elections. The thing is it's going up to Congress. So, okay. Okay. Um, so there's a reform package that the Democrats put forward. Uh, they're wanting to impeach the president again, as you know, I mean, we talked about that in the spring, early spring that it was coming. Uh, yeah, I will send. I will post the link now to the announcement today. Give me a second. I will put it in all the chats. Here we go. Cyber stalkers beware. Now it's open for game. So when someone harasses you once, twice, no biggie you know, it's like having a Karen around you, but when they have people that are, you know, um, Dogpiling on you and creating bot accounts, you know, that's a big deal. And when they're, I don't know, big news organizations or wannabe news organizations that want to make movies like, you know, the plan against the president, right? Stuff like that. Um, and raising money for stuff like this is a big deal. So I'm really glad that voices are being heard and this is being taken care of. So let's move along to the Democrats. You must listen to what. They are saying in between their words. Um, Obviously, Adam Schiff uh, starts off the conversation, still has a diaper over his mouth, a black diaper over his mouth, so you can barely understand him, Uh, but his eyes are, (laughs) hold on, let me show you how his eyes are. Super crazy, right? He looks super crazy. So here we go. Let's take a listen to what um, the Democrats have to say about their major reform package.
3: ...to protect our democracy. Since taking office, Donald Trump has viewed the constraints on his power and the demand for basic transparency and accountability as an inconvenience. He has claimed extraordinary power, bent and broken the law, and purposely undermined the rule of law. He has probed for where his powers are least constrained found only by norms for which he has no interest. And where he has found weakness, he has exploited it with grave consequences for our nation. The House Democratic Caucus, under leadership of the Speaker and all the chairs represented here, as well as many others, has stood strong. We have defended the law, the Constitution, and our nation's values, even impeaching the President when he was caught abusing his power in an effort to extort a foreign partner for dirt on his opponent. Today is the latest step in our critical effort to hold this president and all presidents accountable. This bill is the culmination of many many months of work by the caucus to identify the most crucially needed reforms to our laws to constrain a lawless president. Some of these reforms have been contemplated for years, others became necessary only when we witnessed the serial abuses of power by this president. This bill is essential, not just because Donald Trump's presidency has been so damaging, though it has been, but because we owe it to the American people to put in place meaningful constraints on power, fix what is broken, and ensure that there is never again another Richard Nixon or Donald Trump for either party. What has become painfully clear is that even in a dangerous world, the threat to our democracy from outside the country is less than the threat from within. The guardrails that have been built over the course of the country's history and strengthened after Watergate have been shaken and broken. To take just one example, Donald Trump has abused the pardon power in a fashion that no previous president has ever done. The power to pardon or commute sentences is embedded in the Constitution and is one of the least restrained powers the president wields. A president may use this power to correct unjust sentences or to show mercy to those who have reformed. But instead, this president has used it to reward his friends and cronies, even using it to commute the sentence of his longtime political advisor, Roger Stone, for lying to Congress in an effort to cover up for the president. This is not what the founders had in mind. That's why we've included a provision to deter the abuse of the pardon power by subjecting pardons to new transparency requirements if they concern a case that directly involves the president or their family. This is just one of many important provisions in the bill to prevent the abuse of presidential power, strengthen our system of checks and balances, and prevent interference in our elections. After Watergate, Congress enacted a series of landmark laws and reforms. They changed the way that politics was conducted. They established laws to prevent the abuse of authority and to ensure that it would be discovered. We are taking a similar step today to restore our checks and balances to protect our elections and to protect the legacy of our founders. And with that, I'm pleased to turn this over uh, to our leader, Speaker Pelosi.
2: Thank you very much, Chairman Schiff, for your great leadership and your excellent statement. I associate myself fully with your remarks and I, come to this podium to thank the chairs for the great work that they have done to protect our democracy. Uh, Adam Schiff, who's so, uh, led us in this discussion, Chairman Jerry Nadler of the Judiciary Committee, Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney of the Oversight and Reform Committee, uh, Chairman John Yarmuth uh, of the, bu- the Budget Committee, Chair Zoe Lawson who will be with us. Uh, Virtually, shortly, Chair of the House Administration Committee, Chairman Elliot Engel from Foreign Affairs, and Chairman Richie Neal, Chair of the Ways and Means Committee. Our founders, in their wisdom, put guardrails into the Constitution of the United States because they knew that someone might overplay his or her hand. Uh, They probably could not envision a president would kick over the guardrails and that the Senate of the United States would be complicit in that undermining of the Constitution of the United States, ignoring, dishonoring the oath of office that we all take to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and everything that the Constitution stands for. During this once in a generation moment, the Congress has a sacred obligation for the people to defend the the rule of law and restore accountability and basic ethics to the government. And that is exactly what we are doing with Protect Our Democracy Act. This legislative pact is sweeping, designed to address the president's staggering litany of abuses and ensure that they can never happen again by anyone. They've, this package is future focused, uh, intended to restore checks and balances not only during this term, but for any future president. Our chairs have crafted a robust reforms package. Uh, that can stand up and prevent an assault on our democracy, including the abuse of the pardon power that distinguished Mr. Schiff had talked about, the soliciting of foreign interference in U.S. elections, the retaliatory attacks on whistleblowers, politicization of the tools, uh, uh, the tools of justice, abuse of office for personal, for personal enrichment, and contempt of Congress's oversight powers on behalf of the American people, including our lawful subpoena power. This is essential to our Constitution, our system of checks and balances, separation of powers, one branch of uh, each branch of government having a, uh, a check on other branches of government. It is sad that the President's actions have made this legislation necessary As with other things, he gives us no choice. For centuries, our presidents have shown a respect for the rule of law and the norms and the institutions that uphold our democracy. Now America has a choice to repair and strengthen our democracy or to look the other way and enable its actions. Enablers, that's what those who support the president's actions are, enablers of undermining the Constitution of the United States. Let us recall the words of Benjamin Franklin. Uh, We've quoted them over and over. On the final day of the Constitutional Convention, he came out onto the steps of now called Constitution Hall as our Constitution was adopted. As he descended the steps, people asked Dr. Franklin, Dr. Franklin, what do we have, a republic or a monarchy? He said, as you know, a republic, if we can keep it. This Congress Article one of the Constitution, the legislative branch, the first branch of government, will uphold our solemn duty uh, to keep our republic, including by passing this bill. With that, I'm very pleased to yield to the distinguished chairman of the Judiciary Committee, who has been a champion for a decade on upholding uh, our oath of office to the Constitution of the United States. Chair-
1: yeah no we don't want to hear um them let's move oh wait no let's 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 hear nadler wait let's hear nadler hold on I'm in
2: nadler. i Nadler.
1: I,
4: I, I want to thank uh speaker pelosi chairman schiff and the other distinguished chairs for their leadership in putting together the critical set of reforms contained in the Protecting Our Democracy Act. The Trump administration has exposed certain holes in the fabric of our democracy by engaging in conduct that was once unthinkable. For example, the administration has defied congressional subpoenas time and again in investigations on topics ranging from manipulation of the census to obstruction of justice and even during the impeachment process. Not only has this administration refused to produce documents, It has also ordered witnesses to refuse to appear altogether on the ground that they are supposedly immune from subpoenas. In fact, just this past Monday night, I received a letter from the Justice Department informing the Judiciary Committee that it will now categorically refuse to send key officials to our hearings because Attorney General Barr did not like the questions he was asked during his appearance before the committee in July. And when Congress is sued to enforce its rights in courts, We have been forced into a years long process that may enable you. Wait a
1: minute. didn't like the questions. Remember we streamed that and we watched it. It was like, he wasn't allowed to talk. They kept reclaiming their time. He just sat there and he was like, all right, um, are you, do you want me to answer? You don't have time. I'm reclaiming my time. So he wasn't allowed to answer, but he didn't like the questions. Apparently.
4: Administration to simply run out the clock. It has been more than a year since we sued to compel testimony from Don McGahn, the primary source of the Mueller report's detailed examination of the president's pattern of obstruction of justice. That case continues to work its way through the courts. Similar delays have greeted lawsuits for related grand jury materials, for President Trump's financial records, and for other important information critical to our oversight work. That is why the Protecting Our Democracy Act incorporates Congresswoman Madeline Dean's bill which provides an expedited, streamlined process for the House and Senate to enforce the subpoenas in the courts and to ensure that we can conduct proper oversight. We've also witnessed brazen efforts by the administration to undermine the rule of law by interfering with pending cases at the Department of Justice on matters that directly implicate the president. Whether it was the Roger Stone sentencing, the Michael Flynn prosecution, or the Russia investigation, the White House has threatened and intimidated the department into doing the president's personal bidding. That is why the legislation includes the first ever requirement that the Attorney General maintain a log of certain contacts of the White House for review by the Inspector General and, if necessary, by Congress. This builds on the legislation Chairman Jeffries has led this Congress. When the nation's founders wrote the Constitution, they stood fast to a key principle, that the executive must be accountable to Congress to the people, and ultimately to the rule of law. It is vital that we reassert this important principle. I am proud to join my colleagues in introducing the Protecting Our Democracy Act so that we rem- may restore these and other checks and balances that are so fundamental to our democracy. As
1: I bring on uh, Congresswoman Maloney, I want um, Okay, we don't, we don't need to listen to that part. Let's go to the Q&A part. Wait, um... Schiff is answering a lot of the questions. Why is she talking? Where's Pelosi? Let me see. Hold on. Let me let me find. Okay, let's go. I guess it's Adam Schiff that's answering the questions. Here we go.
3: Uh, we're happy to take a few questions. Uh, Before we do, though, I want to acknowledge uh, the work of other uh, members of the caucus. Um, This package is a cumulative work product of a great many uh, of our members uh and uh, joining in that effort um and reflected uh, in the bill itself is the work of representative cohen representative connolly representative dean representative jeffries representative lou representative porter representative raskin representative scanlon representative spear and representative swalwell all of whom are also original co-sponsors of the legislation uh, and with that we'll be happy to uh respond to your questions yes Uh, Are there plans to bring up this package uh, in this Congress
4: or wait until next
3: year? Uh, It will depend on the availability of legislative time. I would hope that we can bring up the package this year, but I think our expectation is whether we can bring it up this year or not, uh, it is unlikely to move through a Senate uh, which has, uh, under McConnell's, Senator McConnell's leadership, uh, been a willing uh, accomplice to many of the Um, President's actions that have broken down these very Democratic uh, guardrails and institutions. So we're not particularly optimistic, but I will say this. I think these reforms will have bipartisan support next year uh, in a new administration Uh, when my GOP colleagues uh, will not want to see a Democratic president do half the things uh, of uh, the current president. So while I don't expect to see GOP support in the Senate this year, uh, I do expect these will these reforms will enjoy bipartisan support in the future. Yes.
1: Uh, Presidential candidate Joe Biden has said that
2: he opposes packing the court. Do you agree with him?
3: Well, the the issue on the Supreme Court goes beyond the scope of uh, anything in this package. Um, uh, So I will leave it to the Senate uh, counterparts to address that issue. But I will say this, the package does seek to address one of the same problems, which is, the the degradation of our democracy over the last three years three and a half years is not the work of the president alone um donald trump could not have accomplished uh what he has in terms of undermining our democracy without the willing help of gop partners in the senate Uh, our system our constitution requires two parties to defend the institutions of the congress and that includes a co-equal branch of government the supreme court and the courts if the senate is going to violate its own rules if senator mcconnell is going to violate the rule that bears his own name uh, and stack the court uh, in the last uh, few weeks uh, before the election uh, that will be something that the senate will have to remedy uh, and is beyond the purview of this package any other questions have you you had any time to look at the report that came out on um, hunter biden and charisma from kenner johnson company in the senate uh, I've had a chance to read uh, the press reporting of it. Um, and, you know, all I can say is the Kremlin, I'm sure, is very pleased. Um, after all, this advances a narrative that has its origins in the Kremlin uh, and has been propagated by Kremlin agents uh, in Ukraine, like Andrei Derkach. Um, more than that, uh, as uh, Senator Johnson uh, has repeatedly admitted, uh, the point of the report is a political one to have an impact on the election. Uh, and the idea again, that taxpayer resources are used um, for a political purposes is something that we, we uh, address in our Hatch Act provisions in this bill. Uh, but of course, if you have uh, willing members of the Senate uh, who are using taxpayer resources to advance a Kremlin-originated uh, smear, um, there's little we can do uh, if senators are willing to participate in that. Any further questions on the bill? Yes.
5: Have you had any discussions with uh, vice President Biden, or anyone in, on his team, about whether or not he would endorse something like this. So you, you're framing
3: this as a reassertion of congressional power. But another way to look at it might be, in some people's eyes, the erosion of executive power. Is there any pushback from them that perhaps you're stealing their power, just as they might take away? Um, uh, you know, I think the, the vice president has spoken repeatedly uh, about the priority that he places on restoring our democratic institutions, restoring our system of checks and balances. Uh, so while we haven't discussed the provisions of this bill, I think he is very supportive uh, of the, the concept underlying this legislation that we need to restore accountability and transparency. We need to strengthen uh, the guardrails of our democracy. Uh, and I know he has criticized a lot of the actions that this bill seeks to protect against. Uh, so. Uh, we look forward to working with the vice president uh, in uh, what we hope and expect will be a new administration uh, to make this law and make sure that uh, uh, no president can again uh, violate the rule of law the way the current president has. Oh my God! And how quickly would you want to bring it up next year under a pre- a President Biden? Is this a hundred days issue? Well, you know, I view this as a as a natural sequel to HR one, uh, the package of reforms designed to strengthen our franchise. The the foundational right of our democracy is the right to vote, uh, and so HR one, you know, very squarely addresses efforts to suppress the vote, disenfranchise communities of color, uh, uh, gerrymandering uh, in oh the different God. states, dark money in elections. Sure. This, I think, is a natural follow-on to that, uh, in that it tries to protect our democratic institutions, uh, whose foundation has been laid by that vote.
1: Oh my God.
3: Uh, let me okay I- invite her. my colleagues. Uh, why don't we take the last question? I'll invite my colleagues to to respond to any of the questions I've been yeah, raised Yeah, we got far. a
1: phone call. We got a phone call. We got to go. Did you guys hear the phone? That was, okay, so they're in pure panic mode. Um, I don't know if you guys, um, uh, if you're in the Telegram chat or anything, I did tell you that something huge is dropping today. Well, yesterday I kind of did. I kind of, um, you know, bantered a bit with one of my favorite White House um, Correspondence, and I was like, "Yo, I look forward to what you're dropping tomorrow, hoping that he's gonna drop it first, of course." Uh, um, but uh, it's it's gonna be pretty interesante. Uh, there is a 6 p.m. conference. Unfortunately, I can't be here to do it live with you. I'll probably be in whatever meeting I am. Uh, you know, uh, watching it. Uh, And I can't tweet, obviously, because my device uh, is not, you know, has been um, blacklisted by Twitter. Uh, So it's um, pretty interesting what we're going to hear. Yes, that phone was there. It's not mine. I don't have an iPhone. And um, it's going to be very, 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 very nice. Uh, So I'm hoping that the president does put it out. Now, on another note, I wanted to say that RBG had a private funeral, which was bizarre in itself. Uh, You would have thought that they would have milked it and done it. It was extremely private. Uh, People are supposedly mourning for a woman that is responsible for the death of millions of babies. Um, And uh, the Democrats are in pure panic mode. Uh, So remember when I had told you that um, Mike Bloomberg had uh, facilitated covering uh, for the Democrats' deficit to amalgamated bank? So I had written a barrage of articles of BCCI, obviously, what uh, Donald Trump's brother's role was in there, too. I'm hoping to resurrect those. And um, so I told you about the BCCI and how the new BCCI is amalgamated bank. Uh, during that time, I also told you about Comey sitting on the board of HSBC and money laundering for cartels and other things that's coming into, that's coming now into focus. We talked about it over a year ago. It was a year to the date, right? Amalgamated bank. My articles were dropping now, September, 2019 about HSBC, BCCI and amalgamated bank. In fact, my article was so, even though I'm supposedly a nobody that article caused the stock to tank. And that's when Bloomberg started to show his face because he dropped money to show, to cover them because I filed SEC complaints, uh, you know, and more. Uh, when I write articles, I usually uh, put all my stuff out and send it anonymously, of course, uh, to authorities so they can investigate. There is nothing that I write up that I don't send off. So. I had written that on Loomer.com, but, you know, obviously Laura's running for Congress, so I have my stuff taken off there because people were attacking me, and I don't want people attacking me, attacking her. That's not fair, and that is exactly what they were doing. Uh, So, you know, you protect your friends, especially when it's so volatile, but my article did get investigations going, and I do have a few of them. I will recover a lot of them this week so you can read them, and they're a year to date, a year to date. And Matt Gates actually took the lead for this. Matt Gates took the lead and is going after Bloomberg. Bribery probe. I'm telling you, there's more to this than just bribery probe. Uh, th- this is a big problem. He covered for them. Oh, also, on the ticker at the bottom, um, I uh, Barack Hussein Obama tweeted out asking people to text him to see where they're at in regards to voting, and he put a phone number there. Um, that's pretty interesting. That's a gulag number right there, right? Gulag number number... <laughs> I just I just thought I'd put it out there so people can see it. But it's 41 days till a President Trump landslide. I want you guys to listen to what Matt Gates put forward. And here we have Maria Bartiromo. Yep. All right. Listen.
6: Election bribery. Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg has raised over 16 million dollars to pay for court fines and fees for felons in the state of Florida so that they can vote. In the upcoming election in florida felons can regain their voting rights after serving their full sentences however their sentences are only considered fully severed after they pay all of their legal financial obligations all this in addition to bloomberg's plan to spend 100 million dollars in florida to help elect joe biden joining me right now is florida congressman house armed services and judiciary committee member house antitrust subcommittee member as well and author of the book Firebrand, the dispatches from the front lines of the MAGA revolution, Matt Gates, Congressman, great to see you this morning. Thanks so much for being here. You're calling for a probe into bribery uh, for Michael Bloomberg to spend all that money in Florida alone. Tell us about it
5: i'm the former criminal justice chairman of the florida house of representatives i know this area of law well i spoke to the florida attorney general last night and a criminal probe may already be underway in florida chapter 104 florida Statutes, says that it is a felony for someone to either directly or indirectly offer something of value to impact whether or not someone votes. So in this case, you have the question of whether or not paying someone's restitution and court costs constitutes something of value. And of course, this is a financial show. We know when you extinguish a liability, when you improve your balance sheet, when you improve your net worth, that is of course something of value. Then the next step is to determine whether or not this is intended to impact whether or not someone votes. We have a confession document. The memo that the Bloomberg team used to go and get other people to contribute to this effort literally says we are doing this to impact whether or not these people vote. And it's not for any felon. It's not for any circumstance. They're specifically targeting African-Americans because they believe in Florida. African-Americans will vote 90 to 95 percent for Joe Biden. So this isn't an exercise in democracy. This is cherry picking votes, authoring something of value for them. And I believe the Florida attorney general has jurisdiction and is currently evaluating options for a criminal investigation. One final point. we also.
1: I just wanted to say, so the fact that they're going to go forward with a criminal investigation in regards to election meddling and offering something of value allows for discovery. This is where we can see that the money, we will be able to see the amount of money he dropped into the DNC and how they were covering for them with their outstandings at amalgamated bank
5: also have a RICO statute in Florida so that this web of Bloomberg-associated entities could all be brought under the same criminal prosecution.
6: Well, it's pretty extraordinary that one person can spend $100 million to, to get somebody elected. I mean, I think if that were on the Republican side, the Democrats would be going insane if that were the Koch brothers or something else. to see that kind of money being spent to elect somebody. And, and, and you think that this probe is already underway?
5: Uh, Based on my conversation with the attorney general, there are serious concerns about the way that.
1: Okay, Let's just stop a little bit with the hypocrisy, though. In Florida, there's a group of persons that are way more powerful than the Koch brothers. And they're two brothers, actually. One brother thumps the Republicans. The other brother thumps the Democrats. Now, they're dangerous. They own everyone in Florida. Sugar Daddies, literally.
5: Various organizations were set up for tax purposes, for electioneering purposes. And again, the question is whether or not something of value is being offered when it comes to Bloomberg sort of lighting his money on fire in Florida. I think the last time he had such a quixotic electoral spending endeavor, he was trying to find his way onto the debate stage where Elizabeth Warren fed him into a wood chipper. So I think that the the Bloomberg political experience hasn't been a universally positive one for him. But here he may have exposed himself and his associates to criminal liability if you're literally engaged in bribery and vote buying of a specific segment. And what is just so striking is they literally wrote a memo confessing that their intent was to do this to interfere with an election. I heard Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all the Democrats you know, wax on for years about this foreign interference and Russia disrupting our elections. But when we have domestic election interference, domestic vote buying, we seem to be a lot less interested. Interested on the political left. I'm glad in Florida we have yeah. good law enforcement officials like our attorney general willing to pursue it. I hope we have that same diligence across the country because I think that election interference undermining the election day vote is sort of the new Russia yeah. for Democrats. It's the new way to distract from the well, Trump uh, presidency and to undermine him.
6: You mentioned the memo on the memo. It reads, we know to win Florida, we will need to persuade, motivate and add new votes to the Biden column reads that document. This means we need to explore all avenues for finding the needed votes when so many votes are already determined. And this does, it says it right in the memo. And an advisor to Bloom, Bloomberg told the Washington Post, Mike wants to get this done for two reasons. One, because it's the right thing to do for the democracy that's paying the fees of, of felons. And two, because it immediately activates tens of thousands of voters who are predisposed predisp- pre, uh, to vote for Joe Biden. So there you go. It's one, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's oh one thing to motivate people, is, it's another is, thing it's to like offer a money. like gun.
5: Totally. I yeah. mean, when you're motivating yeah, exactly. people by paying off their fines, that's, the, that's where criminal behavior may be triggered.
6: Congressman, let me move on to the president announcing that he will name his pick for the uh, for the Supreme Court open seat this Saturday. New York Senator Chuck Schumer said that, quote, nothing is off the table if President Trump and the GOP move to fill the seat previously held by the late Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg. Your reaction to this fight on the left? They do not want the president uh, to be able to name another uh, justice.
5: Well, we have the power and we're going to use it, despite what crying Chuck Schumer says. But it's quite something with Schumer having accused the president for years of undermining institutions and shattering our democracy. Now you literally have Schumer talking about court packing. And while I know that the left today has embraced FDR's economic policies on the New Deal, I never expected that they would be embracing FDR's court packing policies. They might want to check the history books and see how that worked out for FDR. But the bottom line is that McConnell views the court as central to his legacy. I think that he's got the votes lined up. And the the bottom line is there's very little the Democrats can do to stop us from seating this uh, nominee of the president. The three women you just put on the screen, all fantastic. I think each would be energizing to the America First movement in their own way. I know Barbara Lagoa the best, uh, someone from a working class community in Florida, got the uh, highest degree of legal education at Columbia, but the other two women also phenomenal. And I could tell Tell you after speaking to the president he wants a pick with sizzle he wants a pick that's going to really uh, ignite the country and deliver on his promise to reshape the court you know all these never trump republicans who, who weren't for the president like would they have preferred hillary to make these picks i think that it's very vindicating for those of us to support the president to see the bold way he's reshaped the court for a generation
6: yeah but are they going to be able to get the vote confirmed by the election Uh,
5: I think you've got a lot of interest in doing that because even Republicans in swing seats know that if they don't face their duties uh, and confirm the president's nominee, a lot of the MAGA voters will not show up for them. And, you know, Murkowski and Collins, I think, have played this poorly because if they see a diminution in enthusiasm for the president's supporters for them, they are they're very unlikely to stay in the Senate.
6: Congressman, your new book, Firebrand Dispatches from the Front Lines of the MAGA Revolution, was released in stores yesterday. Uh, How are you feeling about the election now 40 plus days away uh, in terms of uh, the, the House and Senate races?
5: Look, there is no poll that can measure enthusiasm. Biden doesn't have it. Trump does. Being back out on the trail, uh, showing that populism, that love, that patriotism. It's something I write about in my book, Firebrand. It's something the president lives every day. One county to watch, Miami-Dade County. We are seeing in polling Hispanic support surging for the president. A lot of working class Hispanics in Florida, Arizona, Texas, and around the country are not here for this neo-Marxist Black Lives Matter movement and they're coming our way in
6: droves all right congressman we'll be watching of course thank you so much for being here matt gates joining us there on all of that all right. stay hold with on.
1: The- hold on hold on i want to put up these faces the trump and the gop so moved to- as we know they've had years looking at her and they don't like her this one everyone likes but physiognomy says uh-uh i like rushing I'm just saying I like rushing, but the Jones part is throwing me off just a little bit, not because it's General Jones, but, um, you know, I haven't done my full homework, but so far this, for me, it would have been great to have Sidney Powell and the fact that she's still in court uh, <laughs> uh, is a problem. Uh, and, you know, they know what they're doing. Now uh, I saw a lot of comments going by on how uh, people are like, well, why do the Democrats think it's their seat? Why is it Ruth's seat? Why are they so? It's it, it. In one person said it. It's our seat. It's our seat. It's our seat. So if it's our seat, why are they deciding when we get to fill that seat? Don't we now? Um. One thing that we need to understand is this reform that they're pushing is to court pack. And I talked about that yesterday, and I even put out uh, that clip of Ruth Bader Ginsburg talking about it. Uh, So the Democrats want to enforce their congressional power. They're going to impeach this president again during the transition (laughs) period while everyone's supposedly counting votes um, because, you know, they're not... They will not be able to do anything. They're losing the House too. They are losing that. They're dropping so much money. It's ridiculous. But they are losing the House. And that is their concern. Uh, And they're hoping that they gain the Senate. See, in 2018, they were gaining the House, but we were like, let's just get the Senate at least. Now we're going for both. And they're targeting the Senate hard. Uh, They know that they will lose the House. Uh, There are a lot of places that have packed the house already illegally, illegally, okay, illegally. And so we have a lot coming up. So these are three of the women, and he said they're five, that they're discussing. So we're going to know on on Saturday at 5 p.m. We'll be here together. On Saturday at five PM, I may actually be with Millie Weaver on Saturday at five PM. Maybe together we will watch it with you and uh, hook it up for camera as well. Um, I've I uh, just so you know, I, I a couple months ago people had uh, you know have been donating to me to get a camera. I did. It wasn't working well. I sent it back and I ordered another one, but it hasn't come. Uh, So I wanted to get it at a really good one, but at a good price. So when it's a good price, you have to be patient. Uh, Turns out, um, well, it hasn't come. So I canceled the order and replaced it, and that didn't come. But now I think I might have my camera next week. Um, So I've canceled it again. Uh, I haven't. Uh Oh, someone called me on Skype. I better log off. I don't know who that is. So no one should have that number. That's weird. Okay. So, um, the one thing that, uh, I want all of you to understand is that when we get this camera going, it's going to be a whole different Tori says show, uh, obviously as podcasts. So I always make sure, uh, to talk because there's a lot of people that listen, um, to the Tory says show. I have tons of people that listen to me while they're doing things because they can't watch it. Uh and remember, I'm on Spotify. I'm now on Amazon Podcast 2. I'm on iHeart. Uh I'm on iTunes. On iTunes, I'm actually top globally on news commentary. Like if you go to like iTunes, most popular podcast for news commentary, Tori says is like right there. So that's pretty cool. Um So you can always listen to my older shows uh, that never had much video. They never had video, period, uh, from 2018 and 2019 that will give you a lot more insight with what's going on. So I just thought, yeah, I don't get anything for being up there, but it just means that globally a lot of people are listening. Uh, People want truth. People want transparency. You know, I really wish a lot of people that did the same line of work that I did that aren't in jail right now because they were collected. A lot of them were picked off the grid, wrote an article about that, um, that they would have done the same. Uh, There's nothing there that says that you can't give an insider's perspective on domestic um, happenings and global happenings just because you worked in the shadows. In fact, it would give um, more insight to the people. So I just wanted to re-mention that you you guys can uh, listen to my shows from 2018 and 2019, which are going to be very important soon. Just like I said, it's going to be very important uh, for um, all of you to, un- to, to, to know yourself. Uh, again, I just wanted to clarify. Yesterday, I was bringing up the example of Austin Steinbart. You may like him. He may be a fraud. He may be a failed DIA, uh, you know, um, hijack. He may be innocent. He may be who he says he is. You don't know, right? I do, but I, it's not my position to make that statement because I don't like talking about people, okay? I don't. I, I actually stay away from that. But um, I want you to know that you need to start focusing on you and what you, what you um, stand for. Bottom line is we're all American citizens and we should support each other. Now there's nothing much we can do with Austin Steinbart. I've made a couple phone calls just to find out what's going on. Apparently, uh, he was smoking pot or, you know, uh, while he was released on his own, whatever, and that's considered bad. So, uh, you know, stipulations that weren't Weren't there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's, you know, unlikable or, you know, you like him or I don't care. The bottom line is he's still an American and his rights are being railroaded right now. They're finding any way to get him, you know, done in. So that is what, that is what all of you should be concerned about. Not his persona, but who he is. Now, railroaded rights of American citizens happen all the time. But what about those that are doing the railroading, right? You know, the Senate, the House, the Judiciary Branch, they're violating our rights all the time. They're railroading our rights all the time. So why aren't they being held accountable for that is the question. Why Can they not be held accountable? See, we hold people we don't like uh, because of their personality accountable for whatever we might think they should be accountable for. I don't know, being idiots, being too kind, being fake, being patriot, whatever, right? We hold people accountable all the time. We talk smack. We like to hold them accountable. Well, what about those people that have bonafide crappy personalities that railroad our rights who are standing on TV, parading around, obviously sweating like nobody's business. Nadler didn't even shave. Why aren't they being held accountable is the key question. So we have to think about that question because I get a lot of emails. This is rubbish. Nothing's happening. You know, I get tons of that. I had mentioned that you should read Animal Farm. (laughs) Animal Farm is a very good book. Very good book. But There are laws for those in power, because she said, are we a monarchy or a republic? Of course you think it's a monarchy because that's the way you're acting, Nancy. But how do we hold them accountable? Here's how we hold them accountable. By doing it the right way. You are not going to get your enemies behind bars by cutting corners or just saying they suck. Okay? You can't. You have to Be patient. You have to loosen the soil around the root to pull the weed out. Everything is happening now. It is happening now, right now. Now, if it doesn't, right, if Barr doesn't move the needle a little bit fast, there could be a treasure trove of blackmail just dropping. And blackmail meaning not us, the good Americans that believe in a republic, right? but their own blackmail on each other, may be released, I'm just saying. May be released. So, you know, maybe hard drives or pictures and videos might be released with things that are so atrocious, it can make the craziest liberal's stomach turn and say, and just be that slap in the face for them to wake up from the trance. I mean, there are some of them that are saying, I don't care if, Biden raped my own child. I'm still voting for Biden, right? Remember that tweet? And it's like, what? So just saying, there's a lot. There's a lot coming out now. And it's all started and you're going to start to see it. But everything is being done by the book. By the book. A lot of our senators also are pushing the idea uh, and Congress pushing the idea of how much power the people really have. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? We've been talking about that. How the rules were written, but it doesn't mean that we have to deal with what they tell us, the way they tell us. Doesn't mean that. Just because there are rules and laws that we permitted to be there doesn't mean that... Those can't be overseen by the general population. I hope you understand what I'm saying, because you're going to see that narrative. It's already coming out. Uh, here's a clip of, uh, again, Matt Gates, kind of inching to the same tune. Take a listen.
7: Tonight, Congressman Matt Gates, member of the House Judiciary and Armed Services Committees, he's also, well, he's an author as well and has a new book out today, which means it's a great, it's a great book. Because they wait for this day to publish great books. It's called Firebrand: Dispatches from the Front Lines of the MAGA Revolution. We recommend it to you highly. And congratulations, Congressman Matt Gates, on the publication of the book. Great to have you with us. Let's uh, let's turn to judiciary gerald nadler because there was nothing civil or respectful about the way the democrats on that committee treated the attorney general i i wouldn't have blamed him if he had opened an investigation on every one of them uh as attorney general it was disgusting what they did to him great to see absolutely
5: you. Well, it is frustrating after three years of Nancy Pelosi crowing about how Donald Trump was doing great violence to our institutions to now see the Democrats threatening impeachment to try to procedurally jam the Senate to stop them from fulfilling their constitutional obligation to advise and consent on the president's selection for the Supreme Court. And so, of course, the administration is not going to participate in this game of Red Rover where they send officials over not for a legitimate over side or questioning, but just to try to create a procedural setup to stop the country from doing its important business. And I'm glad you mentioned Mike Bloomberg's efforts in Florida, because I will be calling on the Florida Attorney General to launch an investigation into Mike Bloomberg for potentially engaging in bribery and vote buying in the state of Florida. Here's how that works, Lou. In Florida, you only get to vote if you're a convicted felon, if all of your court costs, fines, fees, and restitution are paid off. And so what Michael Bloomberg is doing is creating a politically motivated way to retire the debts of these felons in exchange for their votes. And it's not every felon. It's just those which they have specifically identified as the Biden voters. And so, again, that's offering a bribe, an inducement for someone to behave a certain way in voting. I think it's potentially criminal. It's probably the worst waste of money for Michael Bloomberg since he was a failed presidential candidate.
7: Did he even rise to the level of failed presidential candidate? He, he, did he show up and up on whatever graph uh, uh, of support? How Remember, votes, they changed the rules uh, you know, to I, let him in the debates.
5: I mean, Michael Bloomberg was engaged in a (laughs) leveraged buyout of the Democratic Party. He didn't meet the rules, but he got on the debate stage anyway, and he probably regretted it because Elizabeth Warren fed him into a wood chipper. So now Bloomberg is trying to influence the election. But remember, this isn't on the level. This isn't just advertising money. This is a specific inducement to a specific segment of voters to get them to vote a certain way. And I think it could be a crime.
7: I wonder if he has enough money to get his appearance on that debate stage expunged uh, for all time. But we'll find that out, I'm sure, later. Uh, you proposed uh, yesterday that Murkowski and Collins, the uh, the the two, well, I, I guess you would call them the Hamlet sisters of the Senate, uh, who just really don't like being republicans yet they take republican money uh, and they have an r next to their names and i want to credit you when you said the party should uh, uh, just simply uh, throw them the hell out i thought that was a just a terrific idea uh what, what was the reaction to your proposal Well, I don't know that Leader McConnell
5: takes his Ps and Qs from me, but I think that if we want to be a successful, enduring movement, the type of movement that I write about in my book, Firebrand, we actually have to have people who are willing to confront their duties, not reject them. And it's my view that if a senator is going to reject their duty, then their voters ought to reject them. And I'm sick and tired of President Trump's voters being taken for granted. And I think in Alaska and Maine and elsewhere, if someone's not willing to do their job, well, maybe the voters ought to withhold... Their vote if a senator withholds theirs. And I don't think that senators who are unwilling to do their duty should be rewarded with political funds, should be rewarded with committee chairmanships, or any other prized position in the leadership. If we did that, by the way, Lou, it wouldn't just have a positive effect now. It would set a standard going forward where during the second term of this president, we will actually back him and get stuff done. I'm so frustrated that when we had unified control of the government, we followed Paul Ryan off a cliff and didn't get immigration done, didn't get entitlement reform done. A lot of the things that the president wanted to see happen. And so now I think we've got to set the standard so that going forward, we can achieve the full potential of this presidency.
7: And, uh, and get uh, President Trump reelected, I believe is the implicit uh, thought there. Uh, the book is Firebrand by Congressman Matt Gates. We recommend it, as I said to you highly. Congressman, always good to see you. Come back soon,
1: interesting, very interesting. So uh, let's head off for a coffee refill break and meet in about two minutes. Yes? See you in a bit.
0: I don't want to set the world on
2: fire. I just want to start a flame in your
1: heart. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you got that coffee refill and you're ready to go. Uh, We're going to... Now go on to our SCOTUS conversation. It's um quite telling when uh, Biden won't rule out the packing of the Supreme Court. He's not even getting elected. So I don't even know why we're even having this discussion. But the fact that he's unwilling to denounce such actions uh, speak for themselves Uh, And this uh, was firstly reported by Tucker Carlson. Let's take a listen to his reporting. Love his reporting. And the one thing about Tucker I want you guys to know, there are a lot of journalists out there that are journalists for the sake of just, you know, looking pretty, doing the makeup and having great comedic timing sometimes uh, to say things right? And this is why they're hired. They look pretty. I mean, sometimes they look overly done up and they're not realistic. I'm seeing a lot of that, you know, on channels that people are like, "Yeah, they're for America. It kind of looks really odd uh, because, you know, it takes away from the truthness of things. That's one thing I have to say is uh, television in the US uh, compared to other nations is uh, completely fake. It's like uh, porn, You know, uh, little kids watch porn, right? Teen boys watch porn and they have unrealistic expectations of what really, really happens. Uh, And people watch TV and have unrealistic expectations of what people should look like. And um, other nations don't, they have real people. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to say Tucker is not like, he wasn't like always uh, patriotic. He was just himself, kind of like the way a lot of people are. I really don't care what the message is. I'm going to say what I want. He was always like that. But lately he's more of an, you know, F you type of no, I'm you're not going to tell me what to and and I know that there's a lot of headbutting from my sources on what he says and how he says it. He's being censored uh, all the time, uh, which indicates, uh, you know, Tucker unleashed, which I like if there were there's so many people like Tucker, if only they were unleashed, if only if only take a listen
8: years going back to 2005 and maybe earlier but to 2005 that we can be certain of, Joe Biden has publicly opposed expanding the size of the Supreme Court to pack it with more Democrats. When he ran for the Democratic presidential nomination, Biden was consistent. Just last year, he said that Democrats would quote, live to rue that day if they packed the Supreme Court, as Franklin Roosevelt tried to do in the 30s and had to stop because of backlash from the public that hated the idea. Biden separately said the court would lose all credibility if Democrats did that. Well, yesterday, Joe Biden changed his mind. Air quotes around the word mind, of course. But probably more accurately, his handlers told him to say something different, so he did. Asked whether he'd support loading the bench with left-wing activists, as Chuck Sumer has demanded, Biden said it was, quote, a legitimate question. He then refused to say whether he supported it or not. He wasn't going to give an answer because it would, quote, shift the focus and, quote, change the subject from other issues, like whether Donald Trump should be able to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Change the subject? What other subject is there? Joe Biden is running to be president of the United States. He may not be aware of that, but he is. Voters, once again, overwhelmingly oppose the idea of tearing down our third branch of government by packing the Supreme Court, making it a purely political operation, even more than it already is. Popular solution in some circles on Twitter and in the universities, the root of all poison. And that's about it. Everybody else knows it would destroy our government. It's not even a controversial point. Last year, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, easily the most left-wing jurist in generations, Acknowledge that court packing would wreck the court. Watch.
2: I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. If anything would make the court appear partisan, it would be that one side saying, when we're in power, we're going to enlarge the number.
8: Yeah, like, Really, what we need to do in this moment is wreck more of our ancient institutions, please. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg understood that was insane and destructive. But now the lunatics who order us to follow her deathbed dying wishes want to ignore her actual expressed wishes from last year. And without any protest, Joe Biden is going along with it because he thinks, well, who knows what he thinks or if he does. If you needed more evidence that that Joe Biden isn't a candidate so much as a pawn for partisans who are trying to get back in power at any cost, there you have it. For eight days this month, by the way, Joe Biden's handler shut him off from the press starting at noon or earlier than that. That is unprecedented in a presidential campaign with fewer than two months to go. They don't want you to be able to ask questions of Joe Biden. Maybe he can't handle questions, even basic softball questions he's been getting including from one reporter at the Washington Post, why aren't you angrier at Donald Trump? That was an actual question. We don't know why they're hiding him. One thing we do know for certain, if Joe Biden can't even tell us whether he plans to destroy a branch of our government, he has no business running any branch of government.
1: Well, 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 well. That was very telling. And the picture of Biden putting a mask over his eyes was even better. Now, um, here is where they talk about... Uh, buy it in again in regards to the SCOTUS uh, and it was it was pretty interesting now uh, next week uh, we're supposed to have the first presidential debate in my backyard so I'm waiting for that uh, that'll be very interesting to see how it how the outcome is and how it's happening and what's happening so um, It's going to be quite interesante, if anything, uh, to see if he will turn up. And if he doesn't, you know what the president should do? Just do it himself. Be like, okay, well, Biden's not here because I asked for a drug test and, uh, you know, he can't come. So I'll just do the presidential debate myself. And it seems like President Trump is debating by himself anyway, because no one answers questions. You know what's going to be funny? Okay, now this is a small probability, but it's a 26 percent chance right now today that instead of Biden, Kamala Harris will turn up to debate President Trump. And you know what's going to start to happen? The whole, oh, my gosh, he's being so rude to this woman. You know, we're going to have that replay. Uh, So it's 26 percent today and it may climb in the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Kamala turns up for Biden. Right. Kamala turns up. I'm going to tell you what, they're going to start using the Vachina card and saying, you know, all these things about him slamming down a woman who, you know, and I know that his team is getting him prepared for this. Obviously, Tori knows. So this is one, this is how she establishes because he might get coronavirus over the weekend and can't turn up. Uh, So 26% that Kamala Harris is turning up for Hunter, he may get COVID nineteen. Remember, he was coughing last week, so it could be COVID nineteen, a stroke, and you know he just can't do it anymore. So I'm just saying, twenty six percent. Kamala Harris is turning up to that debate uh, to slot in for Biden because he's sick, and that's the excuse they're going to use. He's been coughing. They're going to tell you this. Oh, he's fine. He's getting treatment, but he's sick right now as a dog. And boom. And the one thing that I'm pretty sure that the president should be bringing up is Rise Up. You know what Rise Up is? It's a nonprofit that Kamala Harris and her nephew, uh, Jussie Smollett, had done together down in Chicago. That'll be pretty interesting it, because then we could talk about the open FBI investigation for child trafficking on Jussie Smollett through that organization rise up with, you know, um, Michael Obama, uh, staff or Tina Chen. you know, how they all organize there. So it'll be a lot of fun. Cause we got to throw in that rise up. We got to bring it up, rise up, rise up. Uh, cause, uh, that's a, that's a real thing. So you watch. You watch. You heard it here. Watch it happen. President Trump should wait on a Supreme Court pick. Biden
9: will not, however, say whether he would push to add to the number of justices on the Supreme Court if he becomes president. Here's correspondent Peter Ducey.
10: Joe Biden stayed home in Delaware today as running mate Kamala Harris hit the campaign trail in Flint, Michigan. Senator Harris, should Democrats pack the court, the Supreme Court? That's what some Democratic leaders like Congressman Jerry Nadler and Senator Ed Markey want to do. Add seats to the Supreme Court and fill them with liberals. Biden used to stand firmly against the idea. I would not get into courts. Qu- that non-answer says a lot to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell.
7: Former Vice President Biden himself refused to rule out that he might seek to pack. The Supreme Court.
10: But that would require a major change to Senate tradition, which Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein opposes, telling reporters, I don't believe in doing that. I think the filibuster serves a purpose, and I think it's part of the Senate that differentiates itself. Two new polls reveal two under-the-radar battlegrounds. Georgia's likely voters favor Trump by 0.3% in an Atlanta Journal-Constitution poll, and Iowa's likely voters are split. 47 apiece for Trump and Biden. Feels like a lifetime since Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus popular vote, especially since so much of Biden's pitches, he's not Bernie.
4: I beat the socialists.
7: That's how I got elected. That's how I got the nomination. Do
10: I look like a socialist? But do he or Harris want to pack the court? Fox asked the VP nominee a second time today in Michigan. Senator Harris, should Democrats try to pack the court next year? We tried and we will keep asking, although if the last two days of campaign events signal anything, it's that the Biden brain trust believes other issues are bigger winners for them than the coming Supreme Court fight, especially the economy and COVID-19. Brett.
1: Valiant effort. Peter, thank you. Valiant effort. What a bizarre statement. Thank you. Hmm. Hmm. That was super interessante, wasn't it? And I've told you guys that the Biden and Bernie campaigns have connected at all points. Now, Kamala and Bernie running together is not far-fetched. Him as VP, so they can get the socialists on board. But remember, he got that scar over his eye. Harvesting has happened. It's going to be very interesting next week. I'll be there with bells on. It's going to be very, very interesting next week. Now, what we're seeing is that the Democrats are freaking out over the president being able to get another SCOTUS pick. Being president doesn't end, does not end until you're out of office. And I think Barack Hussein Obama was clear in his actions. He wrote, he changed that the IG of the NSA is presidentially appointed during his last term. He also appointed, well, he nominated IG for IG of the NSA, Robert Storch. And unfortunately, the president renominated him, or did he? And um, he also wrote a bunch of executive orders causing harm to the incoming uh, campaign and didn't care. SCOTUS pick is ours. And I told you guys from the beginning, SCOTUS gate started on May 5th. That was when they had the deadline to speak. That's when Justice Roberts was also sick, right? Hit his head or something. You mean DNA harvested over the eye kind of thing. Head. And it happened on the date, May 5th. And it's been happening. Now, they were forced to have Ruth Bader Ginsburg die again. (laughs) Right. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this pans out. Because I told you, nine justices. We've already replaced two. Right. We've already replaced two. got another six to go before President Trump leaves office. Two have been replaced we're going to be replacing another six. Ruth Bader Ginsburg makes it another five. Every single one of the justices that were in office, I guess appointed. So all the Supreme Court justices President Trump had from day one of swearing in were going to be changed except for one. That is happening. So, two down, another one's happening, five more to go. Okay. Making it clear, making it clear that is what's going to happen. So, uh, here we are. Take a listen to this.
11: Collective, What is a national nervous breakdown, a temper tantrum underway among Democrats, their allies in the media mob and all of their anti-Trump allies. The president is now reportedly planning to announce his U.S. Supreme Court nomination this weekend and breaking today. Well, it appears the Senate will have enough votes to move forward with hearings and a vote on the president's nominee. Now, keep in mind, there have been twenty nine vacancies at the U.S. Supreme Court during presidential election years. And a sitting president has nominated a replacement all twenty nine times. It would be unprecedented for this president not to do his constitutional duty, nominate a replacement. And as failed presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar accidentally tweeted, quote, the people pick the president. The president nominates the justice. That is how it works. Well, Amy, you're exactly right. Thank you. And when the same party controls both the White House and the Senate, oh, the approval rate is exceptionally high. 17 out of 19 past nominations have been confirmed in that scenario. Now, there's little that Democrats can do other than make threat after threat after threat. But these threats are scary and they're real. When you think about their psychotic rage, their hysteria, just when you think it couldn't get any worse, think again. Today, a very unhinged Speaker of the House and name only Nancy Pelosi claiming that she could impeach this president every single day of the week. Wow. That's going to be so good for our country, don't you think? Take a look.
6: What is your power to do this? I get the
2: election, but you, have, you can get up more, you can speak out more, you can do more impeachments, things like that. Do you have enough power? Well, we can impeach him every day of the week for anything he does. In fact, right. 200,000 people dying. Well, because th- th- look, the American people want to know what we're doing that affects them directly.
11: While Nancy Pelosi is ranting and raving about impeachment, the media mob—they're vowing to blow up, their words, the system altogether. Take a look.
1: Thinking about uh, the Supreme Court
2: because we've lost that battle. I don't want to talk about the Republicans anymore.
11: The fear of
5: this will destroy the Senate. This will destroy the Senate. I would say it's sort of like people saying, "Hey, climate change is coming." No, it's not coming. It's here. The Senate. It has been destroyed as we know it. We caught the hearing, not take meetings with the nominee. So we want to see the Senate Democrats fight this nominee tooth and nail.
4: No matter what happens, everybody sticks to the We're going to have team. to
5: blow up the entire system. You're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College because the people— I don't see it. Uh, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. is well, you that, need a is constitutional
3: amendment to do that.
5: And if
11: Democrats—if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts and they can do that amendment
10: and they can get it passed
11: do you hear what they are telling you that they want to do? For example, the unethical practice called court packing that was last attempted by FDR and Franklin Roosevelt tried unsuccessfully to add justices to the U.S. Supreme Court in order to usurp the powers of the judicial branch. In other words, Roosevelt was trying to expand the number of justices on the Supreme Court, fill the spots with individuals who would just rubber stamp his agenda in that scenario the supreme court would become useless and no longer serve as a co-equal branch of government our important constitutional system of checks and balances would be completely destroyed but on monday joe biden refused to say whether or not he supports the illicit practice of court packing telling a local reporter quote It's a legitimate question, but let me tell you why I'm not going to answer that question because it will shift all the focus. Joe won't even release the list of potential Supreme Court nominees that he said he'd release. Joe doesn't answer any real questions. Pretty pathetic how the media mob, state-run papers, state-run broadcast television, fake news cable channels, also state-run TV, allow him to get away with all of this. And meanwhile, his radical far left running mate, that would be Senator Kamala Harris telling the New York Times she is absolutely open to packing the court, and multiple far-left media outlets are all but begging Democrats to, in fact, support court packing, including let's see, New York Magazine, Vox.com, radical Democrats, the media mob. Well, they don't seem to care about any precedent. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the Bill of Rights. They don't care about co-equal branches of government and checks and balances. And they're now threatening to start literally stack the courts and the Electoral College and the legislative filibuster, impeach the president, as Nancy says, every day for any reason. And oh, yeah, they also want to impeach the attorney general while they're at it. Democrats do not care about our great system of justice. They want to burn down the system. And they're saying so. Believe them. For them, the only thing that matters is power. In 42 days, well, actually, the power lies in your hands, if it's an honest election. And by the way, part two of my monologue straight ahead will cover the Democrats' latest despicable, pretty repulsive, disgusting anti-Christian attacks on a potential Supreme Court nominee.
1: I hate the way that they cut off those videos a lot. It, It really does make my skin crawl. But it's not anyone that, you know is a big deal, Mm? it's not for me. I wanted to remind you guys um, what President Trump said four years ago. I want you to listen to this, okay? Listen to what he said.
9: I think we're going to go and uh, we're gonna do a lot of trips over the next month, but I think we're gonna have a great victory. And I think more importantly than anything else, We are going to start winning again. This country is going to start winning again. We don't win anymore. We don't win with our military. We can't beat ISIS. We're going to knock the hell out of them. We don't win. We don't win a trade, China everybody Japan Mexico Vietnam India name the country anybody we deal anybody we do business with beats us we don't win a trade we're going to win a trade we're going to make our country rich again we're going to make our country great again and we need the rich in order to make the great i'm sorry to tell you so, i think we're going to go so
1: that was something he said um, on uh, in march of 2016 here's his first TV ad. I'm going to play this for you so you can see it and hear it, of course. I want you guys to remember our President's initial words. Okay? It's important that we remember.
9: I'm Donald Trump, and
5: I approve this message. The politicians can pretend it's something else, but Donald Trump calls it radical Islamic terrorism. That's why he's calling for a temporary shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until we can figure out what's going on. He'll quickly cut the head off ISIS and take their oil. And he'll stop illegal immigration by building a wall on our southern border that Mexico will pay for.
9: We will make America great again.
1: Now, uh, that was his first TV ad. Now, I want to remind you his victory speech where his son was a couple of feet shorter and sleepy because it was that time of the morning. He looks so cute, right? Um, I want you guys to remember this. You need to listen to it.
9: Keep you waiting. Complicated business. Complicated. Thank you very much. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard fought campaign. I mean, she she fought very hard. Hillary has worked very long and very hard over a long period of time. And we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to our country. I mean that very sincerely. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. Have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation. I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. It's time. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. For those who have chosen not to support me in the past, of which there were a few people, I'm reaching out to you for your guidance and your help so that we can work together and unify our great country. As I've said from the beginning, ours was not a campaign, but rather an incredible and great movement made up of millions of hardworking men and women who love their country and want a better, brighter future for themselves and for their family. It's a movement comprised of Americans from all races, religions, backgrounds, and beliefs who want and expect our government to serve the people and serve the people it will. Working together, we will begin the urgent task of rebuilding our nation and renewing the American dream. I've spent my entire life in business, looking at the untapped potential in projects and in people all over the world. That is now what I want to do for our country. Tremendous potential. I've gotten to know our country so well. Tremendous potential. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Every single American will have the opportunity to realize his or her fullest potential. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. We are going to fix our inner cities and rebuild our highways, bridges, tunnels, airports, schools, hospitals. We're going to rebuild our infrastructure, which will become, by the way, second to none. And we will put millions of our people to work as we rebuild it. We will also finally take care of our great veterans, We've been so loyal, and I've gotten to know so many over this 18-month journey. The time I've spent with them during this campaign has been among my greatest honors. Our veterans are incredible people. We will embark upon a project of national growth and renewal. I will harness the creative talents of our people, and we will call upon the best and brightest to leverage their tremendous talent for the benefit of all. It's going to happen. We have a great economic plan. We will double our growth and have the strongest economy anywhere in the world. At the same time, we will get along with all other nations willing to get along with us. We will be. We'll have great relationships. We expect to have great, great relationships. No dream is too big. No challenge is too great. Nothing we want for our future is beyond our reach. America will no longer settle for anything less than the best. We must reclaim our country's destiny and dream big and bold and daring. We have to do that. We're going to dream of things for our country and beautiful things and successful things once again. I want to tell the world community that while we will always put America's interests first, we will deal fairly with everyone, with everyone, all people and all other nations. We will seek common ground, not hostility, partnership, not conflict. And now I'd like to take this moment to thank some of the people who really helped me with this what they are calling tonight, very, very historic victory. First, I want to thank my parents, who I know are looking down on me right now. Great people. I've learned so much from them. They were wonderful in every regard. I had truly great parents. I also want to thank my sisters, Marianne and Elizabeth, who are here with us tonight and where are they they're here someplace they're very shy actually and my brother robert my great friend where is robert where is robert my brother robert and they should all be on this stage but that's okay they are great and also my late brother fred great guy fantastic fantastic family i was very lucky great Brothers, sisters, great, unbelievable parents. To Melania and Don and Ivanka and Eric and Tiffany and Baron I love you and I thank you and especially for putting up with all of those hours. This was tough. This was tough. This political stuff is nasty and it's tough. So I want to thank my family very much. Really fantastic. Thank you all. Thank you all. And Lara, unbelievable job. Unbelievable. Vanessa, thank you. Thank you very much. What a great group. You've all given me such incredible support, and I will tell you that we have a large group of people. You know, they kept saying we have a small staff. Not so small. Look at all the people that we have. Look at all of these people. And Kellyanne and Chris and Rudy and Steve and David. We have got we have got tremendously talented people up here. And I wanna tell you it's been It's been very, very special. I want to give a very special thanks to our former mayor, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He traveled with us and he went through meetings.
7: See
9: that, Rudy? Never changes. Where's Rudy? Where is he? Rudy. Governor Chris Christie, folks, was unbelievable. Thank you, Chris. The first man, first senator, first major, major politician, and let me tell you, he is highly respected in Washington because he's as smart as you get. Senator Jeff Sessions. Jeff? Great man. Another great man, very tough competitor. He was not easy. He was not easy. Who who is that? Is that the mayor that showed up? (laughs) Is that Rudy? Oh, Rudy got up here. Another great man who has been uh, really a, a friend to me, but I'll tell you, I got to know him as a competitor because he was one of the folks that was negotiating to go against those Democrats. Dr. Ben Carson, where's Ben? Where is Ben? And by the way, Mike Huckabee is here someplace and he is, thank you. Mike and his family, Sarah, thank you very much. General Mike Flynn, where is Mike? And General Kellogg, we have over 200 generals and admirals that have endorsed our campaign, and they're special people, and it's really an honor. We have 22 congressional Medal of Honor recipients. We have just tremendous people. A very special person who believed me, and you know, I'd read reports that I wasn't getting along with him. I never had a bad second with him. He's an unbelievable star. He is, that's right. How did you possibly guess? So let me tell you about Reince. And I've said this. I said Reince, and I know it. I know it. Look at all those people over there. I know it. Reince is a superstar. But I said, they can't call you a superstar, Reince, unless we win. Because you can't be called a superstar like Secretariat. If Secretariat came in second, Secretariat would not have that big, beautiful, bronze bust. At the track at Belmont. But I'll tell you, Reince is really a star. And he is the hardest working guy. And in a certain way, I did this. Reince, come up here. Where is Reince? Get over here, Reince. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's about time you did this, Reince. Huh? My God. Say a few words. Come here. Say something.
11: Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Thank you. It's been an honor. God bless. Thank God.
9: Amazing guy. Our partnership with the RNC was so important to the success and what we've done. So I also have to say I've gotten to know some incredible people, the Secret Service people. They're tough, and they're smart, and they're sharp, and I don't want to mess around with them, I can tell you. And when I want to go and wave to a big group of people and they rip me down and put me back down in the seat, but they are fantastic people, so I want to thank the Secret Service.
1: Listen to this. This is important.
9: And law enforcement in New York City, They're here tonight. These are spectacular people, sometimes underappreciated, unfortunately. But we appreciate them. We know what they go through. So it's been what they call a historic event. But to be really historic, we have to do a great job. And I promise you that I will not let you down. We We will do a great job. We will do a great job. I look very much forward to being your president and hopefully at the end of two years or three years or four years or maybe even eight years. You will say so many of you worked so hard for us, but you will say that you will say that that was something that you were really were very proud to do. And and I can thank you very much. And I can only say that while the campaign is over, our work on this movement is now really just beginning. We're going to get to work immediately for the American people. And we're going to be doing a job that hopefully you'll be so proud of your president. You'll be so proud.
1: We Again, are. We it's are. my
9: honor. It was an amazing evening. It's been an amazing two year period. And I love this country. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Remember that. Thank you to Mike Pence. Thank you, everybody. It's important you guys remember that. He thanked him at the end. Now, I want to play a video for you. Um, I'm going to start doing a lot of these to avoid strikes. I made a video yesterday for everyone to see of what's coming starting today. So I'm going to share that with you quickly. Hope you like like my video skills. <laughs> I'm learning, okay? I'm learning. I've been busy while you guys were watching that trip down Memory Lane. I'm sure all of you have been very busy looking at things, you know. The one thing I wanted to say is this whole um video that I put together isn't mentioning much in regards to Biden because I've talked about Biden and we've talked about Hunter and what is happening. You know, he's getting the vid. (laughs) It's now at 36%. Man, the manifestation is right there. But you know, the questions that we should be asking is, you know, not just where he is now. But the question should be why Blue Star Strategies had contracted with certain people in 2016 and 2017 and even requested um, uh, in members of the National Security Council of Obama to kind of jump in that means that Telezenko and Obama admin guys have been in contact and uh, it seems that uh, the previous trips that Hunter had taken to Nairobi, Taipei, um, Mumbai, Copenhagen, Seoul with Admiral Harris, are all going to be coming uh, to the surface. You know, we did talk about the Kazakis, right? Man, there's going to be a lot coming. But anyway, watch this video. Super fun. That is a summary of what's coming starting today. A lot of it is coming. A lot of it is coming. Oh boy. It is on Twitter. It's on my Twitter. Someone said I have to post it on Twitter. It's on my Twitter. I dropped it yesterday. Uh, you know, but um, I have told you that there is a lot coming out. You know, these people don't exchange money for just getting rich, right? They can print their own money. These exchanges, and I've said this before, are more important in respects to how they move a money around and what they're moving. I have told you many, many times to look into Astana, Nursaid, now named in Kazakhstan. It is very, very, very important that we see this. Uh, so there are a lot of things that are going to be coming to the surface um i'm pretty sure that uh there are uh I, the senate report should be uh is out this morning um well it was out yesterday but this morning i guess it's going to be pushed around i told you now it's at 36% since it was published um i told you that this is happening i told you he's going to get the coronavirus where's hunter biden we already know where he went the the concern that everyone should have is um, these people are sick, and there is no way they can get out of this hole that they dug for themselves. So, even though I can tell you their conversations at the Munich conference were the concerns that they had over uh, Hunter Biden working with Burisma. I can tell you that the other concerns they had was the fact that uh, it would be hard uh, for um, uh, Joe Biden uh, to execute his duties uh, because of the concerns of failed um, upgrades. So, you know, this is something that I heard. Uh, they had concerns and they told him that they will cover for him. They told him that they will make sure that he, he's going to be fine. But what people don't seem to understand in, is the connections that these politicians have with global leaders. I told you that I had part of the DNC server. I didn't... Open most of it. I can only mount portions of it, right? Uh, if you don't have the complete piece, what do you mount, right? I only had two sections. But whatever was mountable, I can say they were all memorandums of understanding. Wait till you see the agreements that Hillary Clinton had for the Clinton Foundation out in Burkina Faso and what they were doing with human beings there and children. Oprah should know. I mean, she was CC'd on that. I'm just saying, those are the emails that are missing. We have it all. There is nothing. We do not have. We have everything we need. The thing is, is that political spying. Hmm. Even though it's, <laughs> it's not something legal. It's not something that people use all the time. Okay. Uh, there are so many people right now, uh, sitting in jails having had their lives ruined over politics. Tons. There was a conversation as to where how many people, you know, there's a list of people that they target. I'm definitely on that list too. Politically assassinated by politicians. Like I said, I had the whole power of a whole state against me. Why? Because I was exposing the human trafficking that they were doing through the State Department. Yes, the State Department how they were bringing in people from other nations via the State Department with fake work-study programs. Yes, they do that. With our, There are people that are getting paid with our federal tax dollars to do that, to do exactly that. And I've said, over 60% of the people and the children trafficked are not even for sex, slavery, and sustenance. But they're used for experimentation. I've said this over and over again. My file on Epstein is massive. And the the, the having sex with young girls and boys was a byproduct. That was how they could get Bob Menendez to bend over and do what they say because he loved having sex with little boys. That was a byproduct, you guys, the models and stuff. 15 years Epstein dumped money into Ethiopia under Tedros's purview doing god knows what to Ethiopian children to succeed in AI. There are many people now that people look at that are advancing technology like you know create a usb in the back of your head and upgrade you kind of thing that have used their trials to do so barack hussein obama funded 23 trillion dollars initially providing 19 trillion for the next couple decades to something called the brain initiative i've talked about this before That guy Greenwald that attacked that boy on campus, was it UC Davis or UCLA? I don't remember. Uh, If someone remembers which university it was, he was actually someone who was being experimented on, claimed that he was MRI specialist. Do you know what they do during those experiments? They're finding ways to put in foreign objects in your brain to figure out what triggers you to have rage and to attack people. That's the guy that was able to, for some reason, have his case sealed so nobody sees what happened when he punched that Trump supporter. Yeah, it was Berkeley, at Berkeley. Berkeley is actually one of the universities where the Brain Initiative is um, going on. You can look at it. Look, type in Obama Brain Initiative and then actually look at the documentation because you have to dig, to dig, to dig to see exactly what kind of experiments they're doing on people. They're cracking their skulls up. And let me ask you something. What adult that's healthy will sit there and volunteer for someone to crack their head open and get electronic rods placed in there? Knowing that one millimeter off will render you a vegetable. Oh, you mean they're not volunteers. You mean they're bringing them in through south of the border, north of the border, right? Or just stealing them. Runaways, maybe. Hmm? Or if they need specific genetics, they buy them. You need to understand why they do these things. You need to understand why they're doing these things because yes, some of them are evil. They just love snatching children. And you know what I realized recently, like this past year that aside from having danced with evil, done the bidding of them, even though I thought I was doing good, I was actually married to evil too. And I guess it's kind of like if you're in the forest and a tree drops, do you hear it? You know, I, whatever you can't see what's around you when it's all, when it's wrapped around your ankles. It's like the pregnant lady can't see her feet. It is the most evil ever people that have disregard for life crimes against humanity, not just children, humanity. Children are more favorable, okay, more favorable in experimentation because they heal faster and they have stem cells that can be harvested. But what you need to really get, I, you know, this is why Pizzagate is a real thing, right? They love children. Sustenance, cannibalism, that's a real thing too. They have pop-up restaurants that are for cannibals that's a real thing they make accessories out of human leather that's a real thing but it's a small percentage that's the part that a lot of you can't seem to under you know pick at and 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 understand it in in the sense that not all of them just do that type of evil act see the sacrifices the whatever Those are really, really nasty things. Fornicating with children is disgusting. Like, how do you see a child and and, and feel attracted to it? That's disgusting. It makes your stomach turn. The the kids are still learning. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's just move it from there. So that is an evil part, but it's only a small percentage of what they do with these human beings. Again, it goes back to the actual crimes against humans in general. I buy makeup that's cruelty free. Right. But you vote for people that are cracking people's skulls open. You vote for people that are trying to hybrid them with animals so they can produce specific hearts and organs for the elite. You, you know, vote for people that believe that, They can replicate human beings, use them as lab rats. And you would say, well, Tori, you used lab rats. Yes, I did. They were genetically bred with knockout genes and everything. And one would say, well, that's wrong. It is. But now there's no excuse to use those anymore because we have artificial intelligence that can help us do the science with great predictions. (laughs) There is a special place in hell. And I think a lot of people, considering that animals and plants and fish don't have souls are more comfortable with experimenting on animals. It's, it's true. But how do you feel about experimentation on human beings? Think about it. Fauci knows about it. He couldn't find people to test his AIDS drug so they sourced out single African American moms moms told them they had AIDS when they didn't and gave them the medication so they can figure out what the toxicity level was back in 2006 that's a real thing these are documented this isn't oh I'm just saying it documented the cracking of the skulls and sticking foreign objects in your brain so they can make you angry and rage and want to kill yeah That's actually being funded with your federal tax dollars. 23 trillion of it. Maybe you want to write a letter and say, I don't want to do this. So these are all things that are happening. How many parents sell their children to laboratories that don't want them? Hmm? How many? So the world is a really ugly place when you can see it. And I like to think of it of my hometown. So I love New York. I was born and bred there. That's my place. But me being away from New York right now, I could tell you one thing. The stench of it reminds me of what this planet is like. How? How? There's a lot of glitz and glamour, lots of lights, lots of people, lots of interaction, lots of everything. You could get anything you want in New York. You can eat whatever you want in New York. You can order whatever you want in New York and you can buy people and anything you want in New York. But But what surrounds it, the smell of pee, the litter, the rats underground, the cockroaches even in penthouses, that is what this planet reminds me of. That while we're distracted with all the tall, pretty lights, glitz, glamour, and distracted with picking a backsplash and a curtain, and, you know, what color am I going to paint my nails today? Or I'd love these pair of shoes. Everything is drenched in the stench of urine, rats, cockroaches, dirt, and litter. That is exactly how it is when you can see the world. Hence why people who know can't sleep. Because you can see it. It's kind of like in those movies where the person can see dead people, but nobody else can. They could see a world that doesn't exist, right? (laughs) This is it. Because once you see that, you can't unsee it. For me, having seen something in that nature on a boat, I didn't digest it. It had to percolate with me for me to understand what was going on. Again, if anyone would ask me, what is hell like? I would say we're in hell right now <laughs> because it smells, it's nasty, it's disgusting. And it's like all these kind souls and people are aimlessly walking through and walking through dirt and swamp and crap without noticing that that is exactly what they're stepping on and what they're stretching through. I, I mean, I, it, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. So, Gloves are off, guys, and it's all happening very, very, very quickly. I mean, in uh, where was it? Was it California? Yeah, it was in California. Um, there was a couple that was at a Costco. I want to play this clip, v- clip before I go because I, I wanted to stay on a little bit longer, but I really can't because um, I have that appointment. But I'm going to play this clip for you. It's going to terrify you. Terrify you. This is what happened in California. Take a listen to this. Hold on. Let me make sure that you can hear it. Are you excited, mister?
0: Even a short walk around the block.
1: Good job, buddy.
0: Is now looked at with some apprehension. <laughs> we got to think about this idiot creep. Right? You know, like or stuff any like idiot. Or anybody. Creep. You're, you're just you're always right, looking go, over your shoulder. Go. Saturday afternoon in the Costco parking lot in Vista jennifer her fiance peter along with their two children peter two and colton nine months were confronted by a stranger
6: i don't know what his intentions were to do with my son but it wasn't a good thing there was nothing good he was going to do to my son
0: investigators say adam glavinik pulled open the couple's rear car door while they were backing out of the parking space then tried to snatch little peter from his child seat i think i hit him once and he hit the ground and then i just got on top of him i'm not gonna let it happen to my kids i don't- Damn sure not going to let it happen to anyone else. Glavinick was arrested, booked in the Vista Detention Center, and charged with some serious crimes, including attempted kidnapping and being under the influence of a controlled substance. Within about 24 hours, though, he was released on bond. Because he lives in the North County, some residents are concerned. The victims are frustrated.
6: I was up all night last night from 12 o'clock to almost 5 o'clock, going up to check on him every 30 minutes because I just... I just can't get this guy's face out of my head.
10: Goof monster.
0: Peter and his brother weren't hurt. Both remained strapped in their car seats during the whole ordeal. As for the parents. I'm just so glad that it's getting so much awareness and people are sharing this and talking about it and letting people know that this stuff is not a joke. Dave Summers, NBC7. So
1: now someone kidnaps your kid in broad daylight and get arrested for opening the door and trying to take your kid, right, is released in 24 hours. Yet, again, you don't like him, right? A lot of you don't like him, and I don't care. Uh, It doesn't mean I like him, endorse, or anything, right? Let's be neutral. Let's talk American, right? There's tons of people out there. I'm bringing one example that causes a lot of division because it's that division we need to mend right now is that there's a person in federal prison with no indictment. How can you be in a federal prison with no indictment but this guy just tried to snatch a kid out of the back seat of a car and in 24 hours he's out on the street again? Tell me again? That's what I'm trying to say. This is why I'm bringing up divisive uh, persons so that you understand how we need to sit firmly. I can bring up lefties as well, but this one should terrify everyone. California rumors have it that You know, Black Lives Matter, global governance, all these twinkle toe uh, Soros funded, DNC funded through Bank of America, Wells Fargo and amalgamated bank organizations are now getting armed. And people in California are scared. Have faith. Keep to yourself. Watch what happens. California is being watched and they are watching what's happening in Seattle. I told you about the pimp, right? Now everyone's like, whoa, he was a pimp. And I was like, I told you. They're watching what's happening in Seattle, in Portland, and in New York. They will do nothing because it will they will come down so fast. It is impossible. You know, again, it the world needs to have faith in humanity, even though we don't want to. <laughs> because it's not something that we can see, okay? Um, we can't see it, okay? We can't. But um, again, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen a future in another line, another timeline that if 9-11 didn't happen, this that is coming up, would have happened earlier with an outbreak of a civil war in 2005 with a lot of blood on everyone's hands. This one is a civilized revolution. So on that note, I want to wish you guys a wonderful evening. I will see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, and I will upload this video uh, to... I can only premiere everything on YouTube for some reason. They're just really messing with my feed. Uh, I will premiere this um, when I get back from my appointment tonight, uh, so that way those that do not have uh, the availability of Twitch um, can see it. Oh, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, you have to be a Prime member. I'm sorry I don't make the rules because, you know, you can't share movies. But I think maybe I want to I want us to like start like th- every Thursday night to watch a, se- a specific series uh, on on uh, Amazon Prime together. So um, Thursday night, I'm thinking like maybe eight o'clock would be a great time uh, where we can have an eight of eight to nine uh, where we watch another episode and we can chat about it. Uh, which um, has really fun Easter eggs in it. So uh, this is the torture that they will be going through. So again, you have to be an Amazon Prime member, not so much just a, like subscribe to me because you don't have to subscribe to me if you can catch me live, right? The subscription, I have put them as low as I can, and, um, you know, I want to make it as affordable as possible and even free if I can, uh, it comes back to me in prayers. So, you know, I know I can't live off of prayers, but you'll be surprised. So it's, you have to be an Amazon prime member for those of you that are students, you can get six months free of Amazon prime. And then it's like $5 a month. Um, use those, you know, uh, things if you can. Uh, so make sure you link your account when I go live, it tells you to link it. I know a lot of people have had problems with it because they have one account for Twitch and one for Amazon. You can link it in some way. So I just wanted to mention that. So tomorrow will be the first time we'll do like, um, a TV series, um, you know, an Amazon prime series. It's an Amazon prime original where we'll do that, um, together and watch it. Um, and, comment kind of like the movie that we saw on sunday which is one of my favorites um tells you a lot of um what's going on now no different right so and i'm thinking we could do sunday night labyrinth because i really want to watch that again so labyrinth um there's uh videos and help things of how to connect it with prime i i don't know i did it through prime because i game as well So that's that's about it all right so on that note guys have yourself a wonderful evening uh stay tuned for our uh president's um uh, what is it stay tuned for our president's uh, presser today at 6 p.m that he announced uh that'll be quite interesting okay god bless I don't
0: wanna set the world on fire.
2: I just wanna start a flame in your